Well, that was fucking annoying. Yeah, what's going on this morning, man? Jesus. You know, it's funny how some days it's just like there's like this series of events, like one thing after another after another happens, mm-hmm. and you just do your best to try not to let it fucking drive you insane. Yeah. That was just today. <laughs> that was today. I'm good. It's fine. You know, It's I, Friday. Yeah. Things, things are never – it's interesting. Like, you know, you see these memes and these people say stuff like this all the time. Things are never really inherently good or bad. Things just are what they are, and you decide how you feel about them. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes when you catch a little downward momentum, it's easy to oh, keep man. going. Yeah. But yeah. no, I'm good. I'm good. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't really get too far off base on things. I just get a little like, sometimes it's just too much of one thing. You're like, okay, you've done this, you know, a hundred times. We gotta. The, the, you're, we're all adults. How can how can you not reason this out? Yeah. How can you keep taking studio equipment, not replacing broken things yeah. and things that don't affect you? And you go, but you're an adult, and that's not your stuff. Yeah. So should yeah. I do what should I like so I behave like an adult but if you're not behaving like one should I act like a child should I yeah. slap you silly I could we could do that yeah. but it's just like come on man anyway it just gets a little frustrating yeah, sometimes no, I so. totally get it man 100% it's funny I was listening to Alan Watts on the way here I always listen to audiobooks like I don't listen to yeah. music when I drive anymore and I didn't listen to Alan you, you know Alan Watts No I don't oh, actually He's awesome man he's yeah. a philosopher like British philosopher Oh nice He passed away now Oh that's but, not um, nice. <laughs> He passed away. <clears throat> I don't even know when. Maybe it was in like the seventies or eighties. Like, I feel like you got to be dead ago. to be a philosopher. And all yeah, that. he's really good. But he talks about that. You know, nothing's inherently good or bad. And um, when I was driving here, I was listening to one of the examples he was given, and he said, "You know, it's really, you know." And sometimes it's just how someone says something, like his voice, his tone, the pace, for sure. how he comes across is just so good. It just works for me like yeah. i hear that and it, it, you know it vibes resonates with me. yeah 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 that's the word <clears throat> but he was saying you know like what happens when you're um you, you know you, we've all done you step out in the street and you don't look both ways and there's a car you're like oh my god and what happens like you get like a tingle down your spine you start breathing like this and, and you're like you know your pulse rate goes way up right and he says okay and that's you're afraid to die like that's the worst thing the fear you're gonna die right most most people and then uh, he says okay now um, you scratch a lottery ticket and you win 50 million bucks. <sighs> your heart rate goes up. You get a little tingle down your spine. It's the exact same physical response yeah. almost, but it's just how you perceive what happened, right? It's all the perception of what it is. And again, the way he says in space, like, oh, yeah, okay, so I guess I have really nothing to ever be really upset about. It's all how I perceive it, right? It's raining. That's terrible. It's raining. Hey, my grass is getting greener. You know, it's, it's that. And There's always a plus minus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think that, I think... Pessimists see the downside, optimists see the yeah. upside. It's just what people are going to yeah. do. You know, I'm a firm believer that if if you know how to solve all your problems, you're pretty much eternally optimistic because yeah. why else would you be pessimistic? Yeah. Like if you can solve every problem that comes your way, then what's what's there not to be optimistic yeah. about? That's just life. Yeah. So I've I've kind of worked like over the years that's kind of developed and evolved on its own and I've I've been able to correlate it to that ability, you know, yeah. for the most part. I'm usually always on the right page of most things. I think sometimes it bothers me like you know, when someone does something <clears throat> and you don't feel like you can ha- you're allowed to respond with the appropriate response. You know, like you you're like, "Okay, well, it, it's it's almost like almost like, you know, if your child, you know, takes your car keys and throws them in the pool." You're like, "How did you know that happened to me?" <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Throwing down the vent. Yeah, there you go. Down. And yeah. the thing is, you kind of go, "Huh. All right. Well, you're just a kid. <laughs> it's okay. It frustrates you." Yeah. You know, yeah. but you know, I think the thing is you get older as you're an adult and people do things like that, you go, oh, you should have learned by now. Yeah. You should have learned. And yeah. it's not my job to teach people a lesson. No. That's not really what it is. I mean, I, I, I appreciate I appreciate the opportunity to offer sage advice 
to people who are listening. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But when people want to act like children, I get it. I think I, it's, it's just frustrating when you can't take that approach. You yeah. know, it's like. Especially if you have a relationship with them. Yeah. If it's a stranger, you know, whatever. But if you have a yeah. relationship with them. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it is what it is, man. It's how it goes. You just well, want to roll with the punches. Let me ask you a question then. Because you were just saying, you know, if you're eternally optimistic and stuff, you know, or yeah. whatever, if you can solve problems, then you should be. Um, how do you feel then? This is just a personal question because that's in your personal life. Yes. What you can control. What about the things you have little control over? Like, let's just say, because I'm going to bring it back to, to COVID and stuff, yeah. right? Are you optimistic about this? So I'm really good about things I can't control. Uh, I make peace with them very fast. I do. I just do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I've made my I made my big push to try to say what I had to say about COVID. And then I, I quickly understood how small a pawn I am. And I was like, well, if I want to keep talking shit, I will, but it has no effect. Mm-hmm. And you just realize it. And then you re- you start looking. You go, oh, okay, this is how poor our political systems run. How it's basically the mafia. You know how there's these three levels of government, and then they've got their enforcers. And you know you can get to the capo regime, but you can't get to the fuck. You can't get to the guy at the top. You never really know what he's doing. He's mm-hmm. always got security. He's never really responsible for anything. And you start realizing like you can't get to those things. And when you figure that stuff out, oh, I'm, I'm always at peace with that stuff. It's funny like. I have so much control over my life. I would say more than 99.9% of people mm-hmm. in every environment I'm in and everything that I do uh, that I'm pretty good about things when they just are what they are. Yeah. You know, I never let that bother me. Yeah. I don't like, like you said, oh, it's raining out. Eh, it's wet. Yeah. Cool. Like, yeah. oh, there's tons of snow out. Yeah. I guess we'll drive slower. Yeah. I never let anything yeah. like that get to me, yeah. you know? Yeah. I still don't drive slower, but. No. Nah, well. <laughs> <laughs> but see no. that by the rim on your car. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's so annoying. It's all uh, the way here and then the final street. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, fuck. <laughs> I slid out. But, um, yeah, you know, because I think the same way, you know, I don't have much control, but that's almost like what frustrates me because I do have so much control over my personal life too. how I feel. I'm in control of my emotions. I'm a pretty chill, calm, rational person. Yeah. But then that is what frustrates me that someone else has control over what I do. That That's really the, the problem I have with, with stuff. And I, I don't really know how to handle it. Like you said, I come on the podcast. I post a lot. I share my opinion. I try to keep it you know, pretty even without, you know, yelling at people or, or going off the rails. But um, at this point, I'm uh, I'm not feeling good about it. I really don't like what's going on. Well, I don't think a lot of people do. Uh, I think it's just been such a unique case in that we're, we're given a sort of an up-close opportunity to see what can happen and how bad it can be. You know, how, how democracy really works, you know, how our system works. And, how <clears throat> and, you know, when they kind of uncover the reality of the situation – it's it's unsettling because you think you know what's going on. You think you know where your you think you know where you stand mm-hmm. against this against this kind of like all powerful force. You know the government's just the go- everybody looks at the government like oh our savior. It's just the biggest corporation in the country. Mm-hmm. That's oh, all yeah. it is. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, the older you get, yeah, you see it more and more and more. <clears throat> Correct. And and you know so it. I think what's unsettling is. Um, you thought you lived in a world with more freedom, mm-hmm. with more choice, with more options, and we don't. Yeah. And it's just being able to consume that and say, how do you feel? What is yeah. it? So it's an adjustment period. But, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, again, it, it boils down to what can you actually do to affect change? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got to ask yourself, you know, is this your hill to die on? Are you going to just pivot and find a way around it? You know, are you going to say, okay, are you going to run for politics? Are you going to get into politics, you know? Um, are you going to move out of the country? Are you going to change your business strategy? What are you going to do to, are you going to start climbing? Are you going to start digging in and trying to meet the right people so that you have power of your own and you can, you know, forget, like, maybe you don't want to be a politician, but let's be realistic. This country's run by big, big business, right? Mm-hmm. There's no way a guy, like, here's a good way to think about it. I have a media business. 
I, I'm already planning 25 years ahead, genuinely. Mm-hmm. So you got you can't tell me that this country runs on a four-year cl- time clock and they don't have a long-term strategy, a 50, sure. 60, 100-year strategy. So it's either there's some sort of dark force that runs the world, which I don't believe, or it's run by big business. It's mm-hmm. always influenced by big business, and it's a big part of their agenda, and that's just how it goes. Yeah. So, you know, if you don't want to get into politics, get into big business. Get, yeah. in, get in there somehow. But again, you got to ask yourself, what's my end game? How passionate am I? Is this my hill to die on? And for me, like, you know, I figured out pretty young that, well, pretty young by comparison, I should say, uh, that we're playing a game of Monopoly. That's what life is. Yeah. You know, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good comparison to make. Um, you already jumped into a middle of a game in the middle of a game that's got, you know, a billion people playing it and it just is what it is and you can't change the rules. You can kind of you can pick you can pick the piece you want to play with. Yeah. You know, you can decide whether or not to buy your properties. But it's just kind of this game you're playing and you gotta have to navigate your way through it, you know, um, the best you can based on the cards you have. Neither one of us was born into an exorbitant amount of money mm-hmm. or power. So we don't come out of the gates with that opportunity. So you decide, you know, here's here's the cards I have. I'm going to play them the best that I can. And the longer you let something bother you that you can't affect change on, you're taking away from the time you could have had to play your cards properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, um, <coughs> like, doing this, like, you and me are meeting other people who are like-minded or, or like you say, the government has control. There's only so much we can do. Yes. But I find myself on youtube and things like that like not watching mainstream news anymore so at least there's another outlet for it right so i mean these people are affecting maybe not necessarily the outcome of the pandemic or the government decisions but at least they're you know you're gathering like-minded people together you're creating some sort of community right because i love hearing the other side of it right and one of the things i wrote down you know for notes to talk about today is is just that right like when someone's pushing one side I think there's an obligation for people to present the other side too. Yeah. And that's the way I look at it. Like, yeah, there might not be much me saying this right now. It might not change what the government does, but at least people get the other side of the information because it's, it's skewed and it's very obvious that they, you know, push things that, that, you know, uh, reflect their narrative. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting thing, right? So that's, I think that's, that's always gone on for like all the time. It just kind of is what it is. That's sort of the nature of politics and who's in charge, but it's also who owns the media source. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, looking at different different newspapers th- through time and, you know, some are influenced by the right, some are influenced by the left. You know, when you watch the news when there was the riot on Capitol Hill, you know, if you watched Fox News, they didn't really condemn Trump. They're like, well, this is not a good situation. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, it's not. But then, you know, the other ones, you see CNN is just shredding Trump. Yeah. And and you, know, so you get you get a bit of a you get a bit of a split on that. But um <clears throat> You know, I think that that was the, the reality is like in the social sphere, that's left. They've won. The left have won the social sphere. I mean, look at look at Trump getting banned. Here, here, here's the problem with that. You know, first of all, they're private businesses, so feel free to do whatever you want. You want to ban Trump, yeah. ban Trump. But here's the problem: now there's no longer a, like po- the very nature of politics and life is progress, and how you have progress is often by opposing views, mm-hmm. is challenging what you know. And improving upon it and that's kind of the nature of what politics should be you know a left and a right um but now if you remove the right completely now what have you got you don't have any opposing view how does this play out so now but here's the bigger problem two of them a now all those right wing people that are gonna the the radicalized ones not not you know regular right i mean like the radical side they're all going to go on their own platform and become more radical and now the other problem is now they don't live on one platform together to discuss their problems Mm -hmm. now don't get me wrong social media is not the place but the thing is, because they were all corralled into one location, at least there's an opportunity for a discussion at some point, yeah. and now that's removed. 
So, you know, it's similar to what you're saying. You know, we kind of live in this world where if you turn on the TV, you get fed one story. Yeah. And now, even though there's a right and left on TV, you're kind of getting like the sugar-coated right and left, you know? And then you have to get you have to go off to different platforms like YouTube or something like that um, to sort of get what may be a more realistic story. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, I think we need more. I think we genuinely need more like citizen journalism. Yeah. Unbiased. Here's what's up. Here's the facts. Yeah. Here's the information. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of people like me or you building out these private platforms and doing our best to avoid bias. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's tough because we all have our own opinions, yeah. right? But that's how, in my opinion, you get it done. <laughs> you sound like a philosopher now. Look at you this morning, nice. man. <laughs> <laughs> I might die. Careful. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, you know, like I said, the, the narrative thing, that's what really bothers me. And I, I wrote some notes, you know, today for some things to go over, right? And um, one of them was the whole vitamin D thing, because we've talked about that a lot on the show. Yeah. And there was a study that came out that said it reduced, it was in the UK, I think, said it reduced deaths by 60%. Yeah. And they rolled it out in one of these nursing homes, and <clears> the deaths uh, went down by half. And it was like, holy shit, like this is a really good breakthrough. And we know it doesn't hurt you, right? It's natural. You require it to live anyway. So, hey, if these people are deficient, especially in the winter months or places where they're not getting any sun, like retirement, long-term care, where they very rarely go outside. Right now, they don't go outside whatsoever. So, hey, this is probably a good start. Uh, The very next day, CTV, you know, and I don't know who did this study, but CTV put out a study of their own just to kind of like – I guess push that back down. I, and again, whoever funded the study, some kind of pharma corporation. But it's unbelievable because they put out a study saying vitamin D has no effect on severe cases or mortality or ICU, um, I guess, capacity or people being on ventilators. Said there was zero correlation. It didn't help whatsoever. So I opened the study. Do you know the vitamin D they gave them? One dose, one day. A oh single gosh. dose. But. <clears throat> People wow. don't read that. They read the headlines that say, oh, my gosh, vitamin E doesn't have an impact. They did a study, and it didn't impact the severity whatsoever. Oh, my God, maybe it doesn't really help. That I have a big problem with, and we need to present the other side because we know, like I said, vitamin D helps with the immune system, decreases inflammation. It increases the ability to fight viruses, and they gave a single dose to people one day and said, oh, it didn't help. So the editor should be slapped in the face. Yeah. <laughs> like, just cuff a, cuff a guy or yeah. a girl in the mouth for that one. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you just need a whack in the head. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. If you look at the other studies, they're saying, like, 90% of people that are, like, fatalities from this have a deficiency mm-hmm. or insufficiency in vitamin D. So if that's a corollary, then what are we talking about? Yeah. What, what are we talking yeah. about? What And, like, it, yeah, I don't know who would fund a study like that. I'm not sure why they would use that as their clickbait material. I'm not even sure, like you said, what's the motivation. Mm-hmm. Because the only thing that can possibly happen for that is harming people. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing yeah. else. Yeah. That's the only thing you can do. That's like yeah. saying, hey, new study, sugar's okay. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing that can yeah. happen is people get very, very hurt. Yeah. So, like, where is the, where is the conscience? Like, where's the, their, their conscience, sorry, in, in that material? Mm-hmm. How is someone like, yeah, I'm doing my job today? It's like, no, actually, you're, you're, you're kind of peddling death. That's not you know, helping That's extreme. I, I, I realize what I'm saying. But still, like, that's... But they're being extreme. That's the problem. They're putting out these... I don't even know how it's a study. What do you, How do you study something in one day? Because when you go back to the other side, when they put out the study that said, hey, it decreased death by 60%, yeah. and in this one nursing home, the deaths were cut in half, you know what they said? So I opened that study. I always read it. I just don't read the title because that's that's nonsense, right? But what they said is, 
that scientists aren't sure if this study is relevant because they don't know if the methodologies were right. It's like, geez, you're picking at these little things. And I don't know. I didn't read the methodologies. I didn't do the study. But if you give it to people in nursing home and the deaths go down by half, uh, there's something there that's helping people. And that's the bottom line. Like you just said, if we're helping people, if this works, even to some degree, even if it's a goddamn fluke, let's try it. It's not hurting anybody. But to then just discredit that study and then the next day, um, put on your headline a different study that says, hey, it doesn't work because we gave people a one dose one day and it didn't do anything. You yeah. Know, it, it's just that that's a big problem. That's hurting people. That's not helping anyone. And what are the other options? That's the problem, too. OK, if this isn't a viable option, like they're saying, then what are the other options? Because we can't keep doing the same thing, staying home and it not working, because that was one of the other notes. I had is what are they basing it on is modeling. And AI, like top doctors who are the world health experts, they don't even give their advice. They say, well, the model said this. The computers told me this. They take all the blame away from themselves and put on a computer model. And when we've done that in the past, historically, it's been wrong. So the only other time they've run these big models um, is for climate change. They did the same sort of thing. And right. I don't know enough about global warming. I'm not an expert. But I know this, that in 2001, so it was 20 years ago, so the study came back around because it's been 20 years since they did computer models for climate change in Canada. They listed six things. Um, did you hear about this? No. Um, so they listed six things in 2001 that computer models and AI told them would happen if we don't significantly decrease our carbon footprint or put in place some sort of measures. But they almost made it seem as though this is coming. This is coming. Um, all these things are going to happen. So they listed six <clears throat> things that are going to happen. Canadian cities will experience longer and more intense heat waves. Okay? I would love that. And they say they will. This will happen. Uh, these heat waves will make air pollution worse. Um, sea levels on the northern coast of British Columbia will rise by up to 30 centimeters by 2050. So that means by now they would have gone up maybe whatever it is. Uh, yeah, 250 is 40, 40%. So yeah. four threes is 12. So 12 yeah. centimeters. <laughs> there you go, 12 centimeters. Yeah. Nice. Um, crop yields in the prairies will decline uh, because of the drought. There will be more frequent forest fires. Water levels in the St. Lawrence Seaway will fall um, to about by about um, 1.25 meters. All six were wrong. Yeah. All six were wrong. So they're batting zero <laughs> for six, but yet we still keep using computer models rather than getting experts from both sides with opposing views, like you said, to talk about and say, hey, this is what we've actually experienced. This isn't a computer telling me. This is what we've seen. This is what we've documented. This is what's happening. Because if you're 0 for 6, um, I don't know if I want to use computer models anymore to determine if I'm going to get freedoms or not, or if I can go to work or not, or if I'm going for coffee with you, or mm -hmm. one of, is one of us going to die? You know, I don't think we should be using computer models for that, considering in the past they've been historically wrong. Even if you were to guess. If we had people, hey, these are the six things, guess we would have been right more than, than that. Right? Yeah. We would I mean, have at least been right per perhaps 50% of the time, three of six. They were zero for six on all of them. Yeah. So, th and so what I think about – so first of all, AI uh, and machine learning is still very much in its infancy. You know, it's got like these things where it beats people at games and stuff like that. But it actually still works within a very finite window. You still have to give it the right function for it to do anything. Someone has to, a human yeah, is still behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in, in a sense, yeah, you have to give it the right, like, like the same the same type of AI that's beating someone at a game isn't the same kind of AI they're using at Google. It's all it's all sort of different functions still. Sure. It's still within these little narrow windows. Um, 
The other thing, too, when you consider something like AI is it won't factor in Earth's own cycles and its capacity to heal and do anything, plus the positive things people are doing to reduce their carbon footprint. You know, there's, there is, despite what people say, you know, there's definitely a cyclical nature to the Earth and how it operates and what it does. Um, you know, and it does have a way of healing itself. Like, for example, you know, yes, we're creating more CO2. Uh, but plant life thrives off CO2. So you get a little more lush plant life, and then that obviously was, you know, it's the corollary with oxygen. I'm not saying it's a solution. It's just sort of like a, hey, we're taking three steps backwards, but one step forward. Mm. Little little thing there. The other thing is um, we've made some of the right steps, and if it were going to be as bad as they had they had said, we would have already seen some very damning evidence. So, well, it's very important that we keep our foot on the gas in terms of our environment, um, we've got a hold of it, and if we continue to act like it's a problem and continue making the right steps, this won't be a problem. Mm. It's okay. Yeah. So using machines for stuff like that, it you know, like you said, they they do their best to sort of push the blame off and not take on the responsibility. Um, you know, same thing with COVID. I mean, I don't know how they're making these decisions. I don't know what they're using. I don't know what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. That you know, the mortality rates are so low. Uh, it really makes no sense. Now our premier Ford. Um, who's a complete asshat. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he's like, well, there could be a third wave, so we're going to stay locked down in certain areas. He's like, but there's no, yes, yes, historically, there's always going to be a minimum of three waves with respiratory viruses. We've known that we know this. This is, this is historical data. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's a reason just to main, just to stay locked yeah. down. Yeah. And, you know, like, oh, there's these other variants and all this other stuff. It's like, look, dude, like, this is not working. People are getting tired. People are getting sick of it. And whatever system you're using, is obviously not working. So I guess our big challenge is like, what are they going to do? What does the solution look like? And I, I think I think that's been the hardest thing for me is yeah. despite what tools you may use, whether it's AI or whether it's that asshole or this girl, like whoever it is, um, start doing something to affect the right moves yes. and the right change. Yes. Well, they at least need to listen to opposing views or alternate <laughs> theories. I think yeah, that's, that's the off the thing. table. That's, that's totally off, off the table. table. <laughs> and a good example of that is Roman Babber. Yeah. So I told you that I talked to him, right? How'd that go? Um, good, in a way. And uh, I like the guy, and I support what he's doing. Um, I wanted to get a little more out of him, yeah. personally. I like to get things done. Like, I agree with you that, you know, me as a person, Cameron Cogswell, may not be able to change how the level of top government works. I'm not an idiot. But... The fact that we know that they're not even considering alternative options makes me want to push harder because I I know what's right. I know what I went to school for. My school wasn't a giant hoax teaching them how to live well and have better health outcomes because we know it's true. We're living proof. We know it's true. I mean, if you eat garbage for your life, there's going to be no question that you're going to get heart disease or cancer or diabetes or just other conditions, autoimmune problems. We know that. So I know my school wasn't a hoax and it's teaching us good things. So it makes me want to push harder because they're trying to silence it. I want people to know what I learned because it changed my life. Yeah. It made me smarter. It actually, honestly, did make me smarter because there's things you can do to increase brain capacity, oxygen delivery to your brain. All those things exist and we know them, but they're not sharing. So it makes me want to push harder. But when I talk to Roman Babber, like I said, I support what he's doing. Um, I think he's well-spoken. I think he has the evidence. I think he's going about and doing it the right way because he's very careful um, not to lash out, not to go about it in a sneaky way. He's up front. He says, hey, these are the stats. 
these are what my constituents want, and I represent them. They want to go back to work, and I believe it's safe to do so. He does it in a very rational, calm way, and I really resonate with that. But he's saying, you know, go on social media and post. And I said, okay, I'm doing that, Roman. Yeah. I have you here on the phone right now. Yeah. Tell me what I can do. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Post on the social media and stuff. And I said, okay. Anything else? Honestly, I didn't need to have this phone call with you. I'm very glad to have met him and maybe have some sort of even acquaintance sort of relationship with him. But that wasn't helpful to me at all. Right. And, and maybe it's because he's in government and he doesn't want to say too much. But that's the problem. Give us some power. What can I do? I'm writing letters to Doug Ford. He's never replied to a single one. Doug Ford can't read. Waste yeah. your time. Look, so get your crayons out. Draw this asshole a picture. Yeah. That's your best bet. Yeah. Well, there, there's a lot of problems with Doug Ford. And, I mean, he's not doing a good job. He just went and visited Hazel McCallion. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, on her 100th birthday. Everybody stay home. Don't go, go out. Don't visit friends. <clears throat> don't leave your house. I'm just going to go visit a 100-year-old lady yeah. who's, who's severely at risk. That's fine. That's fine, guys. And she wasn't even wearing a mask, which I love for two reasons. I think reasons. she's drawn her line Because she's probably like, like this it. is so <laughs> damn stupid. I'm 100 years old, and I'm fine. Yeah. She's a really smart lady. She ran the city really well for when she was in charge time. of Mississauga. Very smart lady. She wasn't even wearing a mask. But for Doug Ford to go to her house after telling everyone else, don't visit your own family. But I'm going to go visit um, Hazel McCallion, who's 100 years old because it's her birthday. is just outrageous. But the other side of me says, I don't blame him. It's human nature to want to go and do that stuff. Yeah. He felt like going and seeing her. He's not, wait, 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 it's COVID. I can't do that. Some people, you're just excited. Or, hey, you know what? I want to see Jonathan. Oh, it's my mom's birthday. I'm going to go see her. And you're not thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, For 99% of my life, this has been okay. And right now, it's not. You forget or whatever, or your human nature just pushes you to do it. So I don't even blame him for going and doing it. But then they have to ease restrictions on other people. Because if you realize that it's human nature, Doug, and you're going and doing it, then you have to realize that we're going to do it too and not throw people in jail for it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there was, I don't know where if it was from, maybe Alberta or Manitoba, something like that. That one politician who's like, well, yeah, I mean, the politicians, yeah, we're going to gyms oh, yeah. and training, oh, but yeah. but we don't have to follow the same rules as you. I went. I saw that. I mean, well, y- you don't say that even though we're all recognizing yeah. that now. Yeah. And like, Doug lets the NHL, like, hey, I love hockey. Great. Let's do it. But he's like, well, if any NHL team, you know, puts a restaurant on their list, then yeah, they can all go to that restaurant yeah. and they can have food. It's like, Dougie. What are you thinking? Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah. Just find some consistency in your response yeah. here. That's You're exactly s- it's it, just the consistency. Because, again, I don't want to stop people from going to restaurants. Yeah. I don't want to stop Doug Ford from visiting Hazel McCallion. I just want to be able to do it, too. Not necessarily visit Hazel, but visit my mom, visit my dad, which right now is criminal. And you're right. It was I forget who it was. Was it Alberta or something where the yeah, guy said that? He's like, well, well, government government employees, we're, we're exempt from the rules. That's what he said. Like, oh, okay, they're going to work out at the gym, but don't ask. Well, we're yeah. government's exempt from our own rules. I mean, that is just if any such hypocrisy. If any citizen thinks that that is good, th- I I can't. I I don't even know what planet they're living on. Anymore. Yeah, I think I think what happens. So, so one of the things I think just happened here is like there's always kind of this veil of secrecy, you know, in in our democracy, you know, and how things operate, how things work. In that, you know, we have an assumption that it's a certain way and everybody sort of follows the rules and we elect officials. And, how, and we know they get away with stuff. You know, you've heard of the politician who drank too much and the cops pull him over and just drive him home. And you, you hear about this. You yeah. know, they do the same for one of their own. I get it. You know, there's these little there's these little things that they get, you know, and it is what it is. You know, free drinks, free meals here yeah. and there, whatever, trips and that kind of shit. You see it, yeah. you know. Um, but through COVID, it became very clear about the amount of shit 
that goes on on the back end that we don't get to see. Yeah. And that guy was just kind of that was kind of like, hey, here's my cards, guys. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Back off. I don't yeah. have to follow the rules. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. So it's just yeah. a whole. It's a completely different world. It's just like a lawless society of me doing whatever the fuck yeah. I want. Yeah. And you gotta go. You know, what, man. Like, how, now that we all know this, here's the challenge right now. These things keep coming up. These, this information keeps coming out. You know, we keep seeing these situations. Mm. You know, Doug Ford, this guy from Alberta. You know, all these kinds of the hockey teams. We keep seeing the striking dichotomy between what it means to be a regular citizen and if you're special. Yeah. So, what are we able to do about it? Like, yeah. what's happening? Everyone's outraged, but our our capacity to affect change is almost zero. Yeah. We just rage about it, and then they go, eh. It's like yeah, the news cycle yeah. on social media. It'll blow over in five days. Nobody can do anything. And I think that's the same problem you ran into with Roman, where he goes, well, I'm a, I'm a low-level MP or MPP or whatever he is um, that basically got discharged, in a sense, from position. Yeah. I'm a political outcast, and uh, I've got no real power here. Yeah. So, like, really, what the fuck's the guy going to tell you? Like, what's he going to say? Like, yeah. I, like, it's almost like... What can he do? What can he tell you to do besides, well, post on social media, go yeah. talk to a local news network? Yeah. He can't give you any more information because that's all his card. That's yeah. all he's got, man. That's yeah. what he keeps doing. Yeah. If that guy had another card to play, he'd have played yeah. it. Yeah, he's played a few. So so uh, just a few days ago, he did um, put forward a motion for every uh, MPP to cut their salary to CERB levels. You did saw you that. that? Did, you, did you read the article? Oh, I don't know if I read the article or this, but yeah. I heard there was tons yeah. of... There There was a lot of popularity gained around the idea. Yeah. Just, so I don't know if I read the same article. You know how it went? <laughs> they laughed it off. Yeah, it was... And then they said... <laughs> and then they voted... For him. his pay. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, unanimously, we keep our six-figure salaries, because that's bullshit, yeah. but you can go yeah. down to $2,000 yeah, a month, Roman. Yeah, just for Roman. coming up with an idea. Yeah, and that luckily, luckily the speaker's like, well, that was stupid. Yeah. We're not doing that to him, guys. Yeah. You're not going to do it yourselves. We're not doing it to him. So at least they didn't enforce it. But the pettiness. Oh my, Well, that's the thing, is you look at these, like, they're like fucking children. How dare you ask me to reduce mine? Well, let's reduce yours. I mean, you're supposed to be acting for the people. Oh, that was so. That was so insulting. That was so. That was so childish. Yeah, yeah. I thought, well, you guys are just a bunch of assholes. Yeah. Like, you know what? Like, let's get to the point where we just we just fight each other again. Yeah. Like, hey, man, okay, I'm gonna pick you three. We're all gonna go fight. Cause yeah. like, it, I don't. I, that, that's how. That's how. Uh, you know how outrageous that sounds for me. That's how I feel. How, that's how outrageous I yeah. feel they're being. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, all right. So we're all gonna get in a ring and I'm gonna kick the shit yeah. out of all of you. Yeah. That's what we're gonna do. Cause you're not doing a good enough job. Yeah. That is as crazy as what they're doing, except people just go, oh, well, I guess that's the way it is. Yeah. Well, that's why I believe um, that a sound, competent business person uh, might be the best option for a political leader. Um, yeah. It, again, there, there's some that aren't good for yeah. sure, but the ones that are in power right now aren't, aren't doing a good job either. Because <laughs> the thing, if you ever meet a really good business person who's really – grown a business from scratch and still has a good head on their shoulders and they're not pompous or anything yep. like that, then they realize a good leader is someone who values first like the culture and then their employees, right? Th that's the best two things. You know what kind of culture you want, then build it from there. And how you treat your employees and listen to them, not just saying, oh yeah, give me your ideas, give me your ideas, and never listen. Then the employee will start saying, well, why am I giving my ideas anymore if they're never inputted? So a good leader says, yeah, you know what? Reducing my pay, like if Roman brought that table, table okay, you know what? That's not a bad idea. Other people have lost their pay. Let's talk about it. Let's get all the uh, other ideas. Instead of just shutting it down completely, that's never the sign of a good leader. You most still might say no. Someone might come forward with an idea, and a good leader will say, hey, you know what? Let's think about this. Let's get all the ideas, and still might say no. But to just cut it off completely, that's a sign of bad leadership, whether you're in politics or whether you're in business or whether you're leading a family, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I think what's happened over the years is like I kind of made the correlation to them being a part of the mafia earlier yeah. in the government. And, you know, it's interesting. It, it's like I'll take it on a bit of a ride. If you go back to, you know, originally, uh, so the idea of a government is so that it helps society but does not disrupt it. You know, it shouldn't be its biggest problem. It shouldn't be a blood-sucking corporation that takes over $600 billion a year from Canadians. Because that's the number, and that's scary. Yeah. What happens is, you know, the idea of inflation and the idea of employment wage and the idea— so the, the government's actually completely abolished the middle class. It's their fault. Yeah. In 1975, minimum wage was $11. In 2021, in Ontario, it's fourteen twenty-five. Is that what it is? Yes. Now— so, so the idea of inflation is supposed to. So, what you do is you create inflation. What they say is, oh, it creates price stability. So that's your consumer price index, and then employment wages are supposed to rise with inflation, so that there's some stability. So you continue to maintain that middle class. Yeah. But if in 1975 it was eleven dollars and now it's fourteen twenty-five, it's gone up like thirty percent, right? Yeah. Except that inflation's gone up four hundred and fifty percent. Wow. So it, they've, they've 10x'd the problem yeah. the other way. Yeah. The average price of a home has gone up 20 oh, times, 20x in Toronto from 40,000 yeah. to a million. So what they've done is they've effectively abolished a middle class. They've given you a non-livable wage. Yeah. And then what that, what that does, in effect, that allows the rich people to use and leverage their assets and make more money because they're the ones really benefiting off of inflation. Yeah. You know, prices go up, big business makes more money. They're the ones that get paid for things. And then they have money to leverage and grow. And it's just sort of a byproduct of that system. So if you look at what they've done in that one thing alone, and then you look at the fact that you pay $600 billion a year in taxes as a Canadian, you realize that they are the biggest, nastiest, fattest corporation in our country. They continue to add more and more people to it. It's just a fucking mafia yeah. that shakes you down at every step of the way. It removes your opportunity to try to jump through a class or have a middle class. For sure. That's what's actually happened. So, you know, when you look at it, um, they've built a system that appeals to sort of that mentality of, well, I mean, let me just be a part of the mob. Fuck it. Let yeah. me be a part of the mob, make my money, do whatever I want, yeah. fuck everybody else. Yeah. And that's what's happened. So here we are today going, why isn't this system different? Yeah. Well, they created it. Yeah. They created an, impenetra un an impenetrable, basically, force field around this bullshit system they've built that is so fat that we basically do whatever we can just to keep it alive. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely kind right, man. Shame. It's created greed. It's created a lot of selfishness too, where you're you're less likely to almost like help people out now because everyone has that mentality. Well, I gotta make my, my money. I gotta do this. I, and it's not um, holistic anymore. People aren't helping each other. Businesses don't help. They're how can I sink the other guy? How can I get part of his share? How can I do that? And I mean, in some ways, like I said in another uh, podcast, some greed is good, or it was necessary at some point in human evolution. That's why we have it. Sure. But I mean, it gets to be too much, and the government's almost like forcing that on you or forcing people to possibly want to resort to doing illegal things just to gain some money or just to ha have some peace of mind that, hey, if they keep me locked down for a long time, I can uh, afford my mortgage. I have a place to live. I can feed my kids. So it's pushing people to the limits that are going to push them to do illegal things or or at least unmoral things or, or throw their neighbor under the bus. Like we're saying, hey, look in their window. That's have an crazy. Extra person over for dinner tonight. All these things like dividing us, right? And it's creating a really bad society. And uh, my wife and I were talking and to her sister and her husband. So my in-laws, like, should we get out of here? Yeah, yeah, it's on my mind. Yeah. It's on, I, I think about it too. You know, I, I talked to Meg like 
you know, we were chatting the other day about moving down to Texas, like yeah. genuinely, like I think about running and getting into politics and that's kind of been my plan. But yeah. now I, I, I kind of, you know, I don't have uh, I don't have an answer right now because I, I look at what the system is and what they've created and what they do and how I currently feel about them as yeah. a group. And I wonder, do I really want to put in an effort for the next 20 years you know, to be a part of a system that I don't believe mm -hmm. in, run by people that I don't trust, yeah. you know, run by a group of people that are just as lazy and stupid, in my opinion, for the most part, as a whole, not individually, but as a whole, how they operate is lazy and stupid. Yeah. You know, they don't try to cut spending. They just keep adding it. They just keep taxing. They just, and don't get me wrong. I know you need taxes. I know you need safety. I know you need security in society. But again, a government should be there to help a society grow, yeah. not be its biggest burden. Yeah. And, you know, you look at places like Austin or other parts of the world where, you know, it just seems like there's a better, like, for, forget the, it just seems like there's a more peaceful way of life and a better system. Yeah. I don't oh, know. Cool. I don't know that it's any better anywhere else. I don't know that. It just feels like right now. I, I feel very better. Also. I feel very duped. Yeah. You know, having been here lately, like, don't get me wrong. We are live in Canada. We're white guys. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But, you know, all things, you know, that being said, the system that we have right now in place is a fucking disaster. Oh, it's terrible. That's what I said when, you know, I came into this. Like, I, I'm almost at my wit's end with just how stupid this is. And at the beginning, like I said, last March, two weeks to flatten the curve. I was like, okay, you know, fine. If this is reasonable, let's do it. You know, now they're saying two years. Like, they just keep moving it. And at, at this point now, I'm done with it. I think it's total garbage. I'm willing to put myself out there and not say that again. But I even hate that I have to preface this and say, no, I do believe the virus is real. Yeah, okay, there's a virus. There's trillions of them. Okay, we don't need to keep saying, no, I do believe it's real, j just so we don't get banned off of Instagram for, for giving misinformation. Okay, Ugh. so I believe the virus is real. But our response is unacceptable. I don't care anymore. It's ridiculous that people aren't allowed to even go to church. Did you see uh, Pastor James Coates no. is in jail right now for holding service? Perfect. When we start putting Christian pastors in jail— there's something wrong with what we're doing. And I'm not a religious person myself. No, me either. But that is ridiculous when Christian pastors are in jail for holding service. Because a friend of mine was talking to me, and it was such a powerful illustration. He said, my church is allowed to open at 10% capacity. That's 10 people. Oof. 10 people. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to take 20 people and hold a quiet service inside of Walmart because that's safe, right? And what a powerful illustration because it's so true. You can go in there with 1,000 people, and those people are not scared of a virus. If you're really scared that you're going to die, you're not going you're to Walmart. You're already staying home. So none of these people are scared. Nobody is. Anyone no. that you see outside right now is not scared, or they may be a little apprehensive. But because they've been scared by the government, by media, they're not scared of an actual virus. They've never been scared of virus their entire life. No. no one has been. The only reason we're scared now is because the information we're getting. And it's just not true. I don't care. It's just not true. I've been going out for the last year. I don't wear my mask unless I'm forced to. And you have to, you have to give in sometimes. And I'm sad to even say that because the reason we're wearing masks, it's our own fault. It's because we're doing it. The yeah, reason our businesses of, are closed yeah. is our own fault because we're doing it. And I'm not saying that everyone needs to stand up against the government, but yeah, we sort of do. Well, the problem is right now, like social media is made a per as, as just makes a joke out of anybody who challenges the, the, the rule. Often, you know, people that do challenge it um, <clears throat> are a little wacky sometimes. So it often you get painted into a corner 
Um, but I challenge people, if they think that these things make sense, go do some research on the efficacy of the masks that we're wearing. Not not, oh, yeah. not the N95s. <clears throat> Even if you're going to wear an N95, it's supposed to be strapped tight yeah. to your face. But the efficacy of masks, there's one thing to take a look at. Try to understand another thing. How far does an aerosol travel? Because oh, they yeah. say six feet. I would love you to look up how far it can actually travel. And the third thing, and this is interesting, and I'm not, you know, it just is what it is. Go look up the definition of a vaccine and see if the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines yeah. would fall under a vaccine. Just take a quick look. Yeah. Tell me what you think. And then, then you know, get back to me on how you feel. Exactly. It's all pretty alarming information. That's, just it. that's exactly it, and that's exactly my stance now. I think it's garbage. I think it needs to end now. And there was just an article yesterday that I think it was Pfizer or Moderna or possibly both that said there's new variants now, and the vaccine will not protect against them. Oh, well, yeah. Like, give me a break. It's just one thing after another. Oh, there's a second wave. Oh, there's a third wave coming. Oh, you can take the vaccine, but you still have to wear a mask and social distance. Oh, Oh, there's a new variant. The vaccine doesn't help with that. Enough. This is going to go on forever. We know what creates health. We know what makes you maintain health. We're not talking about it. We're dismissing that, covering that stuff, uh, saying that vitamin D doesn't work when in fact it does. And again, it's not going to hurt anyone. If you get a vaccine, there are side effects. Yeah. Okay. We know this. If you want to get one, go for it. But there are side effects. Vitamin D, exercising. Drinking water, there's no side effects. There's only good effects. It can only be good for you. But we're saying that that stuff doesn't work. It's absolutely insane. I don't want to accept it anymore. I think we're really going down the wrong path. The government likes using computer models. Well, let's use a computer model. If we keep doing this lockdown forever, what is going to happen? Yeah, I'd be interested to see what a computer model looks like yeah. if everyone worked out three yeah. days a week. Everyone took vitamins and had to drink exactly. an adequate amount of water. I'd love to see what that they looks like. They won't even talk about yeah, it, and that uh, to me is unacceptable, and, and I just can't take it. And, you know, another thing, Doug Ford just celebrated getting alcohol into the 7-Elevens. Yeah, he's cheering. He's, he's happy If with this that. is a good business opportunity, if this creates more jobs, if this brings more money into the province, I get it. It's not. But it's gonna, right not. now, what you're doing is making it easier for people to be unhealthy and harder for people to be healthy and that is not the way any society should run no i mean he's looking for a, he's looking for a small win in deregulating the alcohol but it's not actually going to work that way because they're still going to have to work through the agco to get licensing and licensing is all run by the government yeah. so what they're going to do is they're going to be hard asses about it they're going to double down on you know they're going to be like um with inspecting them all the time they're going to be doing whatever they can to take their power back because as a group they just took a hit yeah so at the end of the day that's ineffective change anyway and i still think he's an asshat yeah well and the fact that it's not just selling alcohol do you know what how they want to do it no they want to act as a restaurant and have designated areas forget social distancing anymore now you can go into 7-eleven there's a designated area where you can drink the alcohol you're not taking it to go it's not a to-go kind of thing like the lcbo or the beer store so go and drive in there fill up your gas have a couple drinks and then drive home. That's what they want to do. Maybe this is turning into Texas. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I'm, I'm not tight. saying that the government is recommending drinking <laughs> yeah. and driving. Don't you know? take this video down if we post it. But it's not even a, a grab and go. It's a stay there, have a drink, and then walk home from the 7-Eleven. You drove there. It's a gas station, for God's sakes. Who's yeah, going to be drinking beer at a gas station? And then, and then what do you do? Leave your car there? It's absolutely absurd, and this is not what we should be focusing on right now. Well, we are both thoroughly uh, thoroughly frustrated with the government, with how the system is running, yeah. everything else that's going on. Um, I think we should get out of here for today. Anything you want to tell people on the way out? 
I mean, I think you capped it off pretty good there. So if you're good, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just angry um, that we're not looking at both sides. So like you said, you know, I'm just going to say, thing. do your own research. Look into what actually builds a good body, what builds a good mental status, what builds a good family structure, and start putting those things in place for yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. Yeah, I really agree. I think that this has been a bad short-term wave for Canada and for the world. Um, but you are sort of your own biggest project, and this is your opportunity to try to make the best of a bad situation as opposed to just making it worse. Yeah, absolutely, man. Amen. Bye, everybody. Peace out. Uh -huh.